You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Everybody, it's your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders on the Cover Capes. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. We're continuing with awesome independent comic book creators. And today, let me tell you, folks, we have an award winning illustrator, cartoonist, graphic designer. You may know him from the Covidiot Files and the True Tales of Terror back, you know, from 2020. You know, he's on the family, Elroy's Big Adventure. The Androids Bewildering Conflict. And he has a new project coming out via Scout Comics called Pope Bites, which is a trip in and of itself, which I enjoy the hell out of. I'm honored to introduce the one and only, El Señor, Mr. Pat Higgins. What's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, how's it going, Al? I am doing awesome, bro. Thank you for coming on and taking time out of your day to uh, chat about your journey, comic books, and Pope Bites, which... You know, I told you, you know, I read that first story. Let me tell you, the, the title definitely had me uh, stating the title at the end. Like, what an asshole. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> cool stuff. Your sense of humor, your artistic style, amazing. Definitely stuff that's right up my alley. So, Pat, Excellent. let's get right into it, man. Right into um, it. Where, where you hail from? Where you from originally? What's your background? Uh, originally, I'm from Michigan, but uh spent most of my life in Delaware. That's where I'm at now. So uh, okay. Wilmington, Delaware. What is this with Michigan? I've spoken to several creators that tend to be Michigan. What's in that water out there? <laughs> Lead. Apparently, it's helping you in your careers, though. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's get into your origin story now. Um, you're, you're, you're an right. amazing illustrator. You know, you, you're doing some awesome stuff out there, but. How did you even get into the fandom in and of itself? You know, what was your first, you know, uh, look into the fandom? You know, whether it's from the comics or movies or cartoons, what was your first taste? Yeah, I think originally what got me into, you know, fandom of cool stuff is uh, Star Wars when I was a kid. Oh, Star Wars. Okay. Um, when, I was, when, I was, when I was two, I could, you know, name all the characters. I knew all the words to the movies. That was that was my thing, and then uh, so from there I ended up picking out. I think my first comic was a, was a Tales from the Crypt uh, reprint that I got at a, at a book fair at school. I have no idea why that was at the book fair at school because that was definitely not, <laughs> not appropriate. But, uh, that was my comics. I just want to say a shout out to your school for putting stuff like that on, on the tables. Jeez, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. That, that is cool, though. I mean, I was picking up some wild stuff, but never on that level of wild. I, I wish. Again, my discoveries all came through Mama. And then afterwards, yeah. I uh, I journeyed on my own, if you will. So yeah. what was one of your, besides the Tales from the Crypt, was there any part, you know, what stood out to you, actually? Yeah, what stood out to you from the Tales of the Crypt that made you pick up that bad boy? Um... The covers first, you know, just the the creepiness, the you know grotesqueness of it. Um, you know, once once I got into Star Wars, you know, all the aliens and stuff. After that, like anything with like aliens, monsters, like it always always drew me in. You know? Oh, so now I was always 
kind of monsters. <laughs> so I'm curious there then. I mean, if you didn't saw that monsters and gore, I mean, do you have any fan favorite film of yours that that you love? A cult movie or anything to that effect in in the horror um, realm? Yeah, funny enough, it has nothing to do with monsters in the horror realm, but uh well kinda. But uh <laughs> Evil Dead. I know, not so crazy monsters or anything, but Evil Dead, I think, is still my favorite favorite horror movie. Okay, I gotta ask here because I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I loved it when I got to see it, you know, old school on a videotape. It had that feel. Once I saw this thing on a cleaned up DVD where they like, oh, they enhanced the look of it. It looked like a soap opera. It's like you disappointed me. Did yeah. you go through that experience? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it just it looks better on that VHS, you know. Yes, we need the grayness, please. We need it on tape. I mean, once it got it to the DVD, I I have the dopest looking cover for the DVD though. The actual it's actual artwork. So it's a clear One cover. With the yeah. On. yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah. gorgeous. I have that, you know, stashed. That that's mine. I never let go of that bad boy. Yeah, All that's right. a good one. So let's start talking about the journey then. So, you know, you got into comics. You got, you know, your your first taste was in the horror world, you know, via Tales from the Crypt. When did you decide to start, you know, even doing your own stuff? Um, It was, I mean, when I was younger, that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to to go to school to be a comic artist. So you knew you wanted this from the get? Yeah. Nice. And then... um. You know, after talking with my parents and stuff, they kind of talked me into going to school for illustration rather than comics. So it was a more, you know, realistic approach. Uh, there's more more opportunity there, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I ended up now finishing school and uh, did a lot of uh, newspaper ad design and stuff like that. Kind of went in the more graphic design direction just because that's, you know, how I was making money. And, um from there, I started doing a lot of freelance illustration stuff and, you know, kind of got back into it, kind of fell in love again with, with drawing and making comics and stuff. So um, what got you back into the love, you know, after your departure? Um, I was getting really burned out on making used car ads for newspapers. So I, <laughs> so I started doing, uh, you know, doing more freelance stuff that was more, you know, I was taking on the jobs that were more creative. And um, that kind of got that spark reignited. And I started doing more more freelance illustration stuff. And from that, I was like, I don't know, something hit me one day that you know, I, I should be making comics again. You know, just like when I was a kid. I kind of just started doing it again. And that's, that's where I'm at. So, so you know, quite a bit of illustration stuff. So when you started on the journey of making comics, I mean, did you find your journey to be difficult? Were there any obstacles when you were now trying to go back and do something that you loved as a kid? And now, okay, I want to do this professionally because this was my goal. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's hard no matter what. Um, <laughs> there, there's always challenges, you know, there's always new things to learn. Um, I think one thing that really helped along the way was all that graphic design background. Um, okay. You know, like learning that, that print production stuff, learning that end of it. I think that was a, that was a huge help to, you know, getting through a lot of stuff. There's, 
there's always stuff to learn. Oh yeah, listen, the journey is always you learning because if you don't learn yeah. something, you know, each day, then you know, was it a good day? I, I, I've I've spoken to creators saying that they've been on projects that they felt ultimately challenged and like how the heck. And then once they got over that hill, it's like, holy crap, I just learned a whole bunch of new stuff. <laughs> yeah, Have you felt like that on your journey? Oh, absolutely. All the time. I try to I try to learn as much as I can as often as I can. I think that's so that's one of the most rewarding things about you know any of this stuff, whether it's graphic design, whether it's illustration, whether it's cartooning, it's you know, it's learning new stuff, and that's the best feeling you can get. So is there any difference between what you were doing prior in a, in that more professional sense versus you doing the comics? Was there any change, changes that you had to make, you know, stylistically to, you know, separate the two? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when I was doing like newspaper ads and stuff, that was that was a lot of very uncreative, you know, stale and cutting boring. out Putting putting thirty used cars in an in an ad this big, you know. Okay. Where and there wasn't very much creativity to it. Whereas like, you know, the comic stuff, there's you know, it's a hundred percent my brain going into it, my my hands going into it. And the illustration stuff is kind of a mix between those two. You know, some clients give me free reign, get weird with it, whatever. Um, and then some clients have this very narrow specific vision of of what they need done so it's it's kind of a kind of a cool thing to like you know deal with all aspects of it like that oh definitely i i was spoken with speaking with janice chang this morning it's like yeah it's about the clients you know making sure you're there for them and taking care of the project and the task at hand in a timely fashion of course but then you got your side gigs I mean, do you still do that on that professional level while you're still doing, you know, the comic book stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing, um, I'm doing some really cool uh, illustration jobs right now. One's for uh, a brewery that I haven't worked with before, which I was really excited to work with because it was it was one that was on my list. And it's a brewery. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can have some fun with the art on that bad boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they're nice. pretty um that was one of those those jobs where they um you know it's not full free reign. You know, there is okay. there is somebody that, that kind of reels me back in a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but they got a trust in Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> the Higgins method. That's what we're gonna call it, the Higgins method, all right? Um, yep. so so was what was your first project? Ooh, that's a good question. Um I really, I can't remember. How many years ago? Do you know that far? Um, Yeah, around when I started doing freelance stuff, it was probably around 2000, 2002, maybe. Okay. So you've been in the game for a minute right now, you know, doing your thing. Nice. That's, That's great. And how did you even, you know, finally step into that realm of, of doing comics? Um, I'm going to say I was just, I was reading a lot of comics. Um, I was listening to podcasts about comics and I was like, why am I not doing this anymore? (laughs) And um, I just kind of jumped in and started doing it again. Started with, you know, doing like, you know, mini comics, like the, you know, photocopy it, staple it, that kind of thing. 
Oh, the old school method. <laughs> yeah. Just, what just do these kids know now? about that stuff? They don't know about this stuff. Now they could go to a staples, print collate, get it done. We had to do some real yeah. harder work back then, son. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get one of these. Oh my god. Get, get that long okay. staple, man. Look at that. Look at that, folks. Show, show that again. Look at that. Jesus Christ, yo. That's like a two-footer. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, all right. So I want to bring up this because you know you, you're doing some awesome stuff. Where, where, where is he? Oh, of course. Of course, this is how the technology works, folks. Let me move my screen. <laughs> it is so fun when I try to do this. Because I got to see. I want to show the world what it is that you're doing. All right? So we're going to take first a quick look, if you will, at the COVIDians file. <laughs> and why that? How did you get inspired by that one? Um, well, I was, I was just getting frustrated with how stupid people were being. <laughs> and, um, you know, rather than get mad about it, just uh, draw some pictures. And let me um, embarrass them over here on a nice visual medium somewhere. Right? All right, <laughs> I love it. Let's do it, yo, with with the awesome Pat Higgins here. All right, so look at that file. Look, look at that cover. Fuego. So explain, explain to me. I mean, this this is you, right? Story, the illustrations, everything, right? Beginning, set. Yeah. Yep. Beginning What's with the, the cover here? The What's with the cover here, bro? Look at it. So the cover. The covers. You know, everybody trapped in their house during, uh, you know, March March twenty twenty. I guess it all started. Yeah. With their yeah. Uh, toilet paper rolls and their, you know, their whole family just, you know, ready to burst out. Um, but I was I was just getting you know frustrated with everything and how stupid people are being. So I was, I just took it out on the paper. That'd be more useful than anything yeah. else. Much more useful because if you talk about it on social, they ban you. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you're sharing misinformation, of course. And I love yeah. how the cat seems to be the most relaxed out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Oh my God. Is this Karen? Oh man, it is. Quang's Quarantini. <laughs> explain, explain. Um, This was kind of the, you know, those anti vax people. Um, mm-hmm. They're, Unfortunately, they're still around more than ever. Um, but yeah, this was this was at the start of it. I think this might have been March or April of uh, last year. I just started hearing all this, you know, people not going to, you know, not afraid of it, not afraid to get their kids sick, all that stuff. And, you know, just took, took the stereotype of all these different kind of people, threw them together. And there we got Karen Quarantini. Karen Quarantini, holy shit! That's definitely a great Karen mask. I, I, I definitely want to <laughs> see this, and I want to say your art style. I mean, especially when I'm looking at the kid, it's so old school Mad style as well. Thanks. Were you a fan of Mad growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. I see it, bro. I see it. And look, I'm so. What, what, what happened here? Can you explain what's going on um, here? That was for a project that I kind of started and didn't finish. Okay. Um, but that one, it may still uh, may still have some life in it or death. I, and, I see uh, a lot of death on this screen, though, <laughs> and it looks yeah, so great, though. Yeah, that that's kind of a um, kind of a war, but sci-fi. There's a sci-fi twist to it. Um, okay. But yeah, I think I'm gonna get back to that eventually. 
or I may end up turning part of it into a into a part of pub, pulp bites. Oh, you should sure for sure. You should sure for sure. Because I want to. I want to know here, like this, the way this looks, that style. I mean, who did you look up to growing up? Um, all kinds of all kinds of artists. I mean, like I read a lot of uh, you know EC comics, like. You know, Jack Davis, Al Feldstein, Wally Wood. Um, oh, damn. You were picking up some good stuff as a kid, man. Charles Burns, Dan Klaus. <laughs> um, how, how, we'll, I, I want to know now. Okay, you said Michigan, right? Yeah. Um, how big was the comic book community for you as you were growing up? Um, well, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Michigan. Oh, no, you did? There, okay. But I, I grew up more in Delaware. And so how was that community there then? Um, I mean, we had, a, we had a comic book store, you know, within yeah. walking distance from my house. So right. uh, we used to, we always used to walk up there and get comics and stuff. And Did yeah. you have a click? Did you have, your, did you group a, a fellow comic nerds? Because I don't yeah, know what years yeah, you went to school, but in my years, you know, it was something that was frowned apart, frowned upon, you know. But but I had my click, you know. That we yeah. were like when no one's looking, it's like, yo, I got the new Iron Man, yo, I got the new the, yeah. the new Spidey, I got the new X Men was popping, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, there was a few kids in the neighborhood that uh, they were into comics, which was cool. That's good. Do you do, do you still collect at all? I don't collect, but I read. But you read. What's the gem out of your readership? <laughs> um, let's see. What am I reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading. Uh, I just ordered a new uh, new Charles Burns one. He's coming out uh, next week. Okay. That's the only thing. The only thing I'm not excited about with that is it's in French. Oh, we oui. that one is in French, so I got to get the translator out and uh, do that. I'm um, stuck, man. I didn't learn too much in French class. All I remember is Je m'appelle Alizon. Como s'appelle too? Oh, très bien. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. it. And yeah, je, je so that way you got to the ladies. You love them in friends. They love that shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just gotta you know take a picture of it and send it through the uh, translator app and stuff. But other than that, I've been reading uh, Red Room by Ed Pisker. Yo, isn't that fire? I had Ed Pisker when the book was about to come out. I'm, I'm Folks, if anyone got the free comic book day version of Red Room, I need that. Like, please, yo, hook it up. Me man, too. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I want that one. Oh, you too? Hey, man, we're competing here. <laughs> and it's the both of us. Uh, yo, bro, that Red Room is fire. I love it. I miss those type of anthology stories. Yeah. And it's what you're doing here too. Uh, it's funny how you bring them up because you also Ooh. remind me of him very much in the style of how you oh, do nice, things. Man. And being a one-man show too. You know, and how do you feel about hip hop? Because I know Ed Pisker, oh, hip hop. That's how I got introduced to him through Hip Hop Family Tree. Because I love yeah. hip hop, and when I saw that there was an origin story to it in, in a comic book form, and that he did it, I'm a one man show, fire. Yeah, yeah, that was. So, um, I think that was the first thing of his that I read too. Was oh, the, nice. Uh, Family Tree. Awesome. Yeah, I was, loved it. Yeah, it was a really cool, uh, really cool book. Are you a hip hop fan? Uh, a little bit. I'm more. Little... I'm more into punk and hardcore, but I think hip hop. So punk... Oh wait, I gotta know who's your band then in punk and or hardcore. Um, 
I'd say, uh, I mean, all over the place. I like a lot of stuff. I think number one punk band, though, Clash. Oh, it's Clash, nice. for sure. Um, nice. But then, I mean, there's so many subgenres of punk rock, like, you know, Agnostic Front's awesome. Um, Seven Seconds, Gorilla Biscuits. Um, hey, love it. Put them on. Is this the magic that you use in the background to produce the, the sick stuff you do? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's get into Paul Bice from Scout. I mean, before I, before I even move on, how did you connect with Scout? Scout is a great independent combo publisher doing some awesome and amazing titles out there. I mean, folks, you, you don't need no DC Marvel, man. Check out some Scout stuff because they're doing some wild business. How did you hook up with Yeah, them? they've got some cool stuff. Um, yes, they do. Well, I mean, I was I was going to the comic shop and I, you know, I liked some of the stuff they were putting out. Um, like a lot of the stuff they were putting out. But um I was I was getting ready to start this new project and um I wanted to find, you know, find the right publisher to pitch it to. Um and uh Scout was I had I had a couple on my list. Scout was like the number one. And um so I I put pitch packages together, you know, based on each publisher has their own really specific thing they're asking for, for their, their pitches. And um, so I put together these, these three pitch packages. Um, one was for scout and then two other ones. So I sent all these three out. And um, at the same time, well, first I got the no. So I got the no and I'm like, all right, whatever. And then at the same time, Scout and the other one sent me the thing. And um, I just, I liked more of the stuff that Scout's putting out. Mm. Um, so I just, you know, I gave them the yes and we you know, talked about it. We went over the the details and all that. And yeah, here we are. And then. So um, can I ask, um, you know. Just out of curiosity's sake, you know, does Scout treat their independent creators great? Because we're already seeing what's going on with Action Lab and a whole bunch of nonsense there. Um, oh, no, I didn't know about that. The, the, oh, no, Action Lab is, uh, you. please look it up after, and you're probably going to get livid and probably do a different book, and you're probably going to make some commentary on that. I'm pretty sure that you're going to get livid about it. But how awesome is, does Scout treat their independent creators? Um, good because you own the intellectual property. You know, it's so they're not taking ownership of your IP, right? Beautiful, right? You keep ownership of your IP, which is yeah. It's I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. And when I started researching, you know, different publishers and stuff, uh, they were they were one of the ones that you know you keep your IP. You you own that. Beautiful. So they're basically helping you with the publishing of the title right. marketing and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, when you That's you know when you sign a deal like that, they they have exclusive rights to publish, but it's your. Which is fine, but it's still yours. Yeah. See, unlike what happened with Action Lab, apparently, you know, uh, a, a good friend of the network had just made a comment on that, like they weren't really after comic books; they were just after IP. And, and and the example that I've said even before, you know, the create a creator from their team, uh, from that organization wanted their property back, and they were told, "Well, you need to give us over eleven thousand and change plus play plus pay diamond shipping fees that we incurred if you want it back to ownership." 
How do you feel about that type of response? I think it sucks, man. <laughs> the the poor guy, you know, his response to that was, "Well, I guess I don't own that shit anymore." Yeah, yes. Yeah, and how sad is that? How sad is that? That because they should understand, like you guys are creators. You know, you're trying to build something, and when it just gets ripped from you, like how can you even afford to fight back? Lawyers ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. But wow. yeah, that was that was one of the things I liked about Scout was that you know, awesome. You retain ownership of your your intellectual property. That's fantastic. Shout out to Scout for doing that. And look at this amazing cover. I mean, and why do you choose this dude? This it really does look like some dude that we just see at some bar nowadays here in Florida, sitting with his phone all by himself. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of the um the initial kind of character design for the one of the main characters in there. Okay. The uh God, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the the main character in uh Asshole Larry, the first story. Oh my god, let me tell you, brother, that I ended that story saying, Oh my god, what an asshole. <laughs> I was like, job done, bro. Did he get his name right? Holy smokes. Let's get into it. There he goes. I mean, look at this artistic talent of yours, bro. And and why did you choose to do it this way too, with that kind of the yellowish old school look of the paper? Um Kind of to, you know, pay homage to the the stuff I kind of like reading, like Tales from the Crypt. Um, kind of give it that that gritty, grimy feel. Um, yeah, I think I think it kind of fits this kind of story because when I think like horror, sci fi, anthology kind of thing, I think like you know. Dirty old EC comics. Um, so I just kind of, I wanted to emulate that, but at the same time, put my spin on it, you know? Yeah, I love how you do the panels too here, bro. Uh, nice, different different sizes and all. The, the emotions, the way you emote as well. I mean, bro. And explain, what's Easy Rider? Holy smoke, look at this. <laughs> you saw those greens, kid. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so Easy Rider was um that was one of the ways or one of the one of the stories that kind of started the whole thing rolling. Um I did a um submission to this uh it's like a like a comic zine kind of thing that um out of uh North Carolina called Inks Inks INX. Um and I had this four-page story that was in there called Easy Rider. And um the whole thing behind that was that it was like an Uber ride going wrong. Um, or you trying to terrorize these poor kids nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the start to pulp bite was um Easy Rider. And that was um that's part of what I put in my my pitch package to Scout was part of Easy Rider. Oh man, look at this. How many chins does he have? Several. Too many donuts, huh? Too, Too many, many donuts. donuts. I could see that. And, and it's true. This is how it was. You know what? This reminds me of me growing up in New York. It was just like that. Hey, yo, what you doing? I'm like, nothing. What the hell? Going to work. What's the problem? <laughs> I didn't yeah. answer like that. Officer, I'm just going to work. What's the problem? Man, I oh, was yeah. did, you, did you end up reading that one yet? The one with the uh, the cop and the kid? Oh, no, no. Not yet. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't want to get anything away. 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff here I got to read, man, because this is, like, again, right up my alley. And look at this. The new Colts are conservative. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, that and, was, uh, and the over eyeshadow. I mean, it, it, yeah. that's exactly what you see on TV. You got you got that shit right on the money. Yeah, that's part of the uh, COVIDiot files there. Oh, this is COVIDiots. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's back to COVIDiots. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know. Based on some some stereotypes that are out there. So, well, and what? So, thank you for doing an anthology because this is something that my team and I always talk about. It's like, there's not that many anthologies out there. There's just things that we grew up with, and I think this whole generation missed out on those yeah. that type of setting. I mean, I grew up, uh, like I said, Grand Book Tents. I know I mentioned this several times in the past, but that was my a comic a bookstore that happened to have this whole big rack selling three comic books for a dollar. Let me tell you, I always find Chamber of Chills and stuff like that, you know, Fear, That's Haunt awesome. of Fear and stuff like that. So, you know, that only helped develop my love of horror. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but I miss that. It's like what happened to the anthology, those one and done stories. Why does everything have to be on that 2000 AD style where, well, you buy this week's magazine and the story continues the next one. No, I want a goddamn one and done. Yeah. Then I'm, then I'm going to buy another one because, like, I know that I don't have to buy the other one, but. I'm going to probably get some cool stories. So yeah. why not? Yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, like, you know, reading all the EC stuff, um, watching Twilight Zone all the time, you know, when oh, I was a my kid. Shit, boy. Um, Twilight Zone was my shit, son. I love it. And I actually watch the remake, uh, Yeah, you know what? You did an okay job, but I will say one thing. There was one episode <laughs> where somebody had a Black Panther comic and yo, know, you know what? If you're gonna do Pratt Panther, please, please, like no, no disrespect to any of the new creators. But if you're gonna show Kevin, show them the old school. Like they should have mentioned Kirby's name in that, because if it wasn't for Kirby, we wouldn't have Black yeah. Panther. So you know, yeah. homage homage to dude, even if he wasn't black, that created the character because he knew that it was something that was missing within the greater scope of Marvel Universe. So yeah. you know, as a New Yorker, uh, Kirby was very forward thinking that way. Yeah. You know? So you know, but they 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 put Tanahasi coats. Oh, you're reading that? Yeah. I'm like, nah, though, he's not the creator, though. Great writer. But you know, give give credit to, to where credit's due, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the king, bro. Don't fuck with the king. He helped he helped bring a lot of things to the forefront. So you know, and he, even though maybe if he didn't want to, but he knew he lived in New York where it was a melting pot. I spoke with yeah. that about Janice. She said like I would go to the office. It's like you see everybody there. So diversity was always there, but it wasn't a topic. <laughs> you know? So uh, w- with the Pope Bites, man, when can we expect this baby? When when, when am I going to hold this copy in my hand? That's what I want to know. And smell the ink off those pages. Dude, I hope. Um, I actually, I don't know the release date yet. Um, so the first first issue is done. Approved by my editor, sent to the uh, production team. Uh, The second issue, I hope all the art's done. Um, (laughs) I got a meeting with my editor. uh, Wait, what do you mean you hope the art's done? So so you have done what you have done, but you're going to wait for the editor to say, well, you Right, we're going to. Yeah, we have a meeting tomorrow. So if he's got any, you know, suggestions or anything like that, it's. you know, I'd I'd rather take those suggestions and make so the right a, 
So being a new creator in the, in the comic book space and coming from when you come from, are you are you used to taking that type of direction from an edit, editor? I mean, you know, have you had that experience prior having oh, yeah. somebody over you, and then, uh, uh, and then have you worked on projects on this scale though? Because how many pages is the book? Uh, the first one, I think, uh, there's 28 pages of story in it. Nice. Um, the second issue, I believe, there's 24 pages of story. Um, I started writing the, the third now. Um, I'm not sure how many that's going to be yet. I'm kind of still, you know, shuffling and tweaking that one. But, um, oh, yeah, I'm, I got thick skin. I can, you know, beat me up. I'm used to, you know, clients and art directors just. I get it. I mean, in this business, if you don't have thick skin, then you're already losing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, in my, in my as mind. far as. As far as my dealing in this in Pulp Bites so far, um, you know they they assigned me an editor and he's he's awesome. But I thought he was just gonna like smash me, change this, change that. <laughs> but he's he's real cool, man. Like he's very like, you know, here's my suggestions. You don't have to do this, but this is what I think is gonna help, and I. I think it's a good idea to listen to those kind of suggestions because we're all on the same page. I mean, we, we all have the the best interest of, you know, the book at hand. So why not work as a team, you know? Yeah, as you should. Absolutely. That's great. I love it. So I can't wait to get this book in our hands because I think it's going to be absolute fire. Uh, like I said, I, I, I read the, the, the first story. Folks, yes, it's called Asshole Larry. And at the end of that story, you're going to be like, what an asshole. I promise you. I promise you. I thought about that, and I started laughing to myself when I caught myself saying that. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> Mission accomplished, Pat. Damn. I will tell you. Did you ever – were you a, ever a Three's Company fan? Oh, of course, bro. Come on, Jack – John Ritter? Who, yeah. Come on, bro. Right, Legend, remember, yo. Joyce the Wind. Larry? Larry? Mm-hmm. That's what, he was an asshole. <laughs> Especially the episode he was about to get beat up by the girl's boyfriend because he used Jack's name. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of who who asshole Larry was modeled after. Oh, well, hey, there you go. That's so funny, man. Yeah, yeah we obviously uh, showing our age here. I was a big fan of that show. And when John passed, bro, so suddenly when he had his new show going on yeah. NBC, I mean, that's so sad. But I'm seeing his son. Now come into the uh, business, bro. His son looks just like. Him. Oh, does he really? Wow. Yeah, yo. I mean, wow, bro. That that's his clone, bro. So God bless. I hope he has a long career and a long life, bro. Uh, cause he comes from talented genes. Uh, what was yeah, the show? Sure. It, it was a show about a little kid with powers, and hmm. and, and uh, John's kid is actually. While we think he's a friend, he winds up being the villain of the show. Like, and it was a, a, a nice uh, flip of the script, if you will. Like, oh shit, he was the bad guy all along, bastard. <laughs> he did a great role. So, yeah, check him out. He's, he's a very good actor. And he looks a lot like his dad. That's um, awesome. But I definitely want to thank you for hanging out today, talking, talking some some indie, talking some horror, talk, talking poor bites, covidiots. There's still a lot of them out there, apparently. And as I was saying, get your shots, folks. Just stop the bullshit. Just yeah. Get your shot. I mean, yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. 
No, thank you for coming on, bro. It, it, it's it's been amazing. I appreciate it. And, and folks, I've been showing it all, but follow Pat on his website, pat-higgins.com. Follow him on Instagram, pighiggins80. Oh, shit, don't tell me that's the year we were born, bro. It is. Holy shit, I'm a 75er, bro. Okay. That's <laughs> all right. That means we, we did grow up watching the same stuff. Awesome. Yeah. This is why we have that fandom. Fantastic. But, bro, you've been a blast to have on. Um, please let me know as soon as the book's going to be available at Stop so I could tell people oh, to go and support man. the LCS. You know, Scout Comics, thank you for, for bringing on this type of content to, to your universe. It's, it's humorous. I've had a blast just with the first story. I can't wait to finish the comic as soon as this interview is over. And just get into it. Wifey is like, yo, what are we going to do? I got to finish something first, baby. <laughs> Please. Um, so it's been great. Pat, you rock, bro. Again, pat-higgins.com. Instagram, phiggins80. Show the love. My outro tells you what to do. I'm out, Mega. Thank you, Pat, again, bro. Kick ass with everything you're doing, bro. You have a fan in me for life right now. It's a wrap. Uh, thanks, all right? man. Nah, for real, bro. You've been amazing. Thank you for sharing your time. Folks, you know what it is. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 